Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. All right, on the overnight crowd, it's now time to touch base with the AFLW because Season 7 pre-season has begun, if you can believe it. And to help us work our way through all of the news in regards to AFLW, Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum has been good enough to jump on the phone once again. Alex, thanks for giving us your time here on the Overnight Crowd. Always happy to be on, Jen. And yeah, plenty happening um, the next week or the next couple of weeks um, after a huge signing and trade period. Uh, few lists looking very, very interesting now. I think um, one of the two that, that caught my eyes, I suppose one in the news over here in, in, in the West Coast where I'm based, but... The Eagles, they had a significant list turnover. I think they've 14 people might have come off their list. That's that's massive. It is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, a bunch of retirements, a few players heading elsewhere, um, and obviously left the Eagles, yeah, basically looking like a, a whole other expansion team um, again, even though they only came into the competition three seasons ago. So... They're going to be building just as much as anyone else this year, which is probably a bit scary for them considering that they are fresh off a wooden spoon as well. Um, but that said, I think some of the players they brought in are really, really solid. And a few that I'm really excited to see, uh, Crystal Petrovsky, uh, she hasn't played for quite a while. She's been out with injury for a fair bit, played a few VFL games for Melbourne or for Casey rather um, this year. So I'm keen to see what she sort of adds into the forward line. But I think West Coast fans probably be happy they kept around a number of their uh, really young talents, um, which is going to be how they're going to build, like I said, basically like another expansion team this year. So uh, I think there's still, there's still positive signs in there. And with the draft coming up, they've got another few huge opportunities as well. Absolutely. So the draft is next week. Um, who got any inside tips on who's going to go first across each state or any names that we should be keeping an eye on? Well, the reports today, very um, glad you asked that one, Jen, because the reports today, uh, sort of similar to Charlie Rowbottom last year, nominating for uh, the Queensland zone, Montana Ham, who's been one of the top Victorian prospects all year long, has nominated for the New South Wales uh, region. So it looks like she's going to be heading up to Sydney. Uh, I'd be shocked if they didn't select her pick one. She's been a top five, really, prospect all year round. Um, like Robot and big bodied midfielder. She's 180 centimetres, if you can believe it. As tall as some of the key position players in the competition. Uh, so I think she'll be certainly playing across anywhere they really want her to. Uh, and similarly, Sophia Hurley uh, has also nominated for New South Wales. So I think those two will be going very, very early uh, up to Sydney. Um, a few others, uh, the likes of Charlotte Baskerin, I know the one who's very highly rated in Victoria. I imagine she'll be looked at by Hawthorne or Essendon. Jasmine Fleming uh, from the Oakley Chargers, another one who's really bolted up quite highly. Uh, in terms of the early picks, those will probably be the ones that I would expect to be taking in that top five sort of range. 
Um, but obviously, once we get further down from there, it starts to get a bit more interesting in anyone's game with a number of teams looking to rebuild across this year as well. I think about the likes of uh, St Kilda and Carlton, um, who've lost a few players across this off-season who will definitely be looking to go big in the draft as well. How do you, without you know too much, are you happy with the, the health of most teams' lists? Is there anyone that's concerning you at this point? We're in pre-season. Is there a list that already you flagged as a bit of concern? I think St Kilda, in terms of depth of talent, were already struggling a little bit last year, and now they've lost a few more players, uh, which never helps, especially when it's a couple of leaders uh, in Ray Watt and uh, Kate McCarthy, who've both exited the club. Uh, I think they're one that I'm going to be watching really, really strongly across this draft to see what they do. I think at this point for them, it's going to have to be um, just adding as much young talent as they can, sort of like how the Bulldogs have done the past three years and um, hope that they just come good along the way. (laughs) Unfortunately for them, they don't have a hugely strong draft hand because, uh, as we mentioned, Nesson and Hawthorne coming in means all the Victorian clubs have basically lost out on the whole uh, top 10 really uh, strongest players in the state. So, yeah, entering the draft at pick 16, uh, St Kilda, I think that's Victorian pick around 10 or so. So, yeah, that's already the, the 9 or 10 best youngsters in the state already gone. So I've got a few concerns around them. Uh, and Carlton, they've got a fair bit to do. I think their trade period was all right. Got a couple of players in, but at the same time, they've lost a lot of talent off this list. So those two and perhaps GWS, I think, are the ones that I'd be most concerned about heading into Season 7. And then on the flip side for Season 7, looking at who the clubs have retained, some of the, I suppose, longer-term clubs, who do you look at and think early, yep, they're going in the right direction again this year? Oh, You've got to say Brisbane and Melbourne have done outstandingly uh, in this this off-season, Brisbane barely lost anyone at all, um, which for a team that won the flag two seasons ago and was in another prelim final this year, uh, that's just outstanding. So huge kudos to Craig Starsvich and the whole team there for, for keeping their list together, especially when it seems like forever ago that we heard about Emily Bates on the radar of the likes of Hawthorne and uh, there were a number of players Port were looking at as well, but they've managed to retain basically their, their entire list, which is, Really, really good for them. So I think they'll be up and about. Uh, and, yeah, Melbourne as well, similarly, in the grand final this year. And they've barely lost anyone from their list as well. A few depth players that have gone elsewhere, um, but I really don't think anyone that can't be covered with more players coming in. So those two, at the moment, they're my early picks for, for top two, top four at the very least. Um, they'll be right up around there again just because they do have such strong lists already. And I think we've seen those teams that have been around for a long time have managed to build that chemistry with their lists. Uh, And no doubt those two have been some of the best at it. I think they'll be just fine. Now, um, we know that the season is really just around the corner, which seems bizarre. Uh, Any idea of when things like fixtures and that sort of stuff will be announced by uh, AFLW? Uh, it seems like the clubs have a little bit of a general idea of how they're going. I don't know if it was based on what they've been told, but there was a video released by Essendon's women's team on the socials, uh, I think it was last week, Nat Wood giving a bit of an impassioned speech to the to the playing group. Um, and and she, she did seem to be under the impression that Hawthorne would be Essendon's first opponent. So... I don't know if the clubs have got some sort of indication of what's going to be going on fixture-wise, uh, 
I guess when you look at the dates, we are only 10 weeks away. I think it's nine or 10 weeks away from when the season is supposed to start. So I would hope by now at least the clubs have a little bit of an idea, even if it's not public. Um, but if we see the fixture or if we hear about it and it's Essendon playing Hawthorne, then I think we know that uh, the clubs do definitely already know. <laughs> Now, we have a couple of players, well, more than a couple of players that are cross-coders um, amongst the AFLW ranks. But this year with the um, Commonwealth Games, we know that Ash Brazel will not be available for Collingwood because of her netball commitments, obviously a Diamond uh, netball squad member. And then the, the Levi sisters up at um, Gold Coast, they two years in a row now that they won't be featuring because of their rugby union commitments. Yeah, look, a sacrifice Collingwood would be willing to make if we're bringing home another gold medal. I think everyone would be okay with that. Maybe not the Collingwood defence, but uh, everyone else, I think, is happy enough with it. But, yeah, the Suns, especially with that group of players that they lost to to Port Adelaide uh, that was announced just last week and um, already maybe struggling a little bit for for talent um, with the list turnover. They've had a few state league players coming in, but... Obviously, they would have loved to have Maddie and Tegan Levi available, especially considering how good Maddie looked in her last season that she played and um, the the word around her sister is that she's just as good. So, yeah, it's unfortunate for them. Um, but I think looking at the, the Queensland crop, there's a few good players coming in as well that we should see for them in the draft. Alana G uh, really impresses me, not only with her play, but her character as well. Seems like a player that's got a really good head on her shoulders and they'll do well up there. No doubt she'll go with Gold Coast first pick in that Queensland draft. But, yeah, it's a big loss not having those two in. Um, but once again, uh, bigger and better things for them competing for Australia. Obviously, you always want to see our athletes do well on an international stage. And if it gets us another gold in the, the rugby sevens, then we're certainly not going to worry about it. And we'll definitely celebrate it, won't we? We can definitely claim it as AFLW space as well. We're speaking with Alex <laughs> Catalano from the Inner Sanctum. And Alex, before we let you go, what's your moment of the weekend? Well, I've gone <laughs> into footy basically every moment of the weekend so far, but uh, as seems to be the theme of this week, uh, look a bit internationally and look at what's happening on the world stage because there was a great moment at the start of last week from the Socceroos, of course, qualifying through to the World Cup in a do-or-die game, which went down to a penalty shootout. Um, and one man, he's become the hero of all of Australia, as I'm sure you know well enough by now, Jen and Andrew Redmayne, who put on that absolute show in front of goals and... Um, you know, he did it for the country. He uh, put his body on the line, as goalkeepers uh, have to do, and uh, he brought it home for us. So um, that whole penalty shootout has to be my moment of the week. And um, the next, you know, few months leading into the World Cup are going to be absolute frenzy. He has become immediate cult um, Australian figure and, you know, he should just be handed the keys to anywhere he wants to go because everyone is absolutely in love with him. And even just the way he's spoken post about everything, um, you know, the planning leading into it, uh, at the, the, the water bottle and notes, um, <laughs> che- cheekiness that was going on there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of love for, for Redmayne. So that's a great moment of the week. Uh, thanks for sharing that one, Alex. And thanks for your time here on the Overnight Crowd. Of course, always happy to jump on. And next week, it's a huge one. The draft is coming up on Wednesday. So lots to look at before then. So many players and so many picks to be taken. 
Looking forward to that, the draft for the AFLW coming up next week. Lots to come through that. Uh, keep sharing your moments of the weekend here overnight, Crowders. 0433 98 11 16, the text line. Or if you want to have a chat about it, 1300 736 736. They're the two numbers to get involved here on the show. Let's talk again soon. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.